Letters from a Glass House is a not-for-profit ministry of the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Venice, Florida. Support us today at UUCOV.org. I didn't think much about the difference between kindness and niceness growing up or through college or even in seminary. I really didn't think much about it at all until somewhere in 2017 when I was sitting with a friend, a lifelong Republican, one of the kindest people I know. And they were upset about some things that were happening and they were in tears. And what they said stuck me to the heart. They said, it just isn't kind. They were talking about a lot of things that were going on in the world. But that was what got them. It just isn't kind. There's a song written by Dr. Rebecca Parker, a hymn. It says, there is a love holding me. There is a love holding all that I love. I rest in that love. And you know, that's true. I rest in a love that's kind enough to tell me when there is that spinach in my teeth. I rest in love that tells me when my shirts come unbuttoned or when I have toilet tissue stuck to my foot. I rest in a love that is kind. Because you see, I'm not by nature a nice person. And now I'm I'm sure some of you are saying, yes, in in other news, water is wet. (laughs) And others may be feeling a little confused because after all, aren't ministers supposed to be nice? Isn't religion supposed to be nice? You see all kinds of images out there in public. Baby Jesus, manger, warm, little animals, anybody that worked on a farm. It's nice. Angels with beautiful wings and robes. It's nice. Despite the fact that the Christian Bible, angels announce themselves by saying, fear not. Because they're glowing bunches of eyes with wings, biblically accurate angels. But the ones you see out there in public, they're nice. Love your neighbor with with no construct around that. That's nice. It's a nice sentiment. Isn't religion supposed to be nice? No. You are thinking of manners. Manners are nice. Religion isn't always nice. It isn't always supposed to be. Religion can have some teeth in it. Sometimes it bites down. You know, our reading was right. We use nice and kind as synonyms. And kindness is often the furthest thing from niceness. Niceness is relational. It's when you do something to or with or for another person or animal or institution that is seen and known 
to others. You cannot be nice in a vacuum. It's their judgment of what you just did that makes it nice as opposed to nasty. It's apparently pleasant or agreeable. Nice is perceptual, and nice can be faked. Now, anybody who ever went to an American high school, you know that nice can be faked. There's a misapprehension in many churches that says we're always here to be nice. We're always here to tell one another that every idea is welcome. Every viewpoint will be respected. We're here to appear to be pleasant. We're here to be comfortable and upheld, to compromise. We have to always find common ground and ignore the rest. Dr. Kimberly, Reverend Kimberly Debus says this, Our principles, especially the first one, do not tell us to be complacent, compromising, and conciliatory. Our first principle tells us to affirm and promote the inherent worth and dignity of every person, not affirm and promote every idea. In fact, our fourth principle stops that one in its tracks because, let's face it, there are some ideas not based in a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. We are not supposed to be nice. Niceness buys into the gospel of comfort and says we don't want to offend. Niceness is complacent. Niceness doesn't make waves, and it lets people have their own version of the truth. Niceness doesn't want to bother anybody. It says comfort is more important than doing what's right. So why do we on the left side of the theological and political spectrum think that we have to be nice? Why do we think we have to be conciliatory and see all sides and strive to be open to all points of view? Why do we think being liked is more important than being right? And when, when Reverend Debus wrote that and I read it for the first time, I went, wow, that hurts. <laughs> Kindness isn't about being liked or pleasant, even though it's often very pleasant. Kindness is about an internal state of being. Kindness exists even if nobody knows about it. Kindness is a state of heart and soul that says, I really want to do what will do the most good. Kindness makes waves. It isn't afraid to offend. Kindness can be uncomfortable. Sometimes it turns over tables or chases people. Niceness is externally motivated. It is what appears to be. Kindness is internally motivated. It is actually something. And this is important. And it's important right now. It's important because we have to show up and we have to care. Not because people are watching, but because we're watching. Because we want to do what's right. Like my friend said, it isn't kind and I'm kind and I can't do it. Being nice, no matter where you are on the political spectrum, doesn't matter. It does not matter. Being nice isn't what the world needs right now. Right now, the world may need some tables turned over. 
Kindness demands that we stop being nice, stop pretending that hate is a valid point of view, and right now is the needed time. I started thinking about this because in August of 2017, there was a whole group of UU clergy gathered in Charlottesville, Virginia, with religious leaders from multiple other faiths and denominations, had a huge number of friends in the group. They gathered as counter-protesters because of a planned Unite the Right white supremacist rally. It was based on upset at removing a statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee from a local park. According to an article on Vox, Unite the Right protesters were white nationalists and Nazi paraphernalia. A militia arrived armed with heavy weaponry and some individuals wore Ku Klux Klan imagery. David Duke was there. Police attempted to disperse the rally and both protesters and counter-protesters began to march through Charlottesville. Log cabin Republicans stood with the more liberal Democrats The march kept going despite skirmishes and the use of tear gas. At 8 p.m., the counter-protesters went to St. Paul's Memorial Church, which quickly filled up to capacity with clergy and lay people. And they started to sing and pray. A lot of us were following along. We were FaceTiming. We were texting. At 8.42, a UCC minister tweeted, the KKK has gathered outside. And then, they're outside, but freedom is inside. The church service continued, and at 9.20, someone inside posted, they're coming for the church. Police are all around. They won't let us get outside. Y'all, the KKK are marching with torches. As KKK members and neo-Nazis ringed the church building with burning torches, the people inside began to sing, Up Above My Head. The next day, those same faith leaders linked arms and walked through the streets until they stood in a line facing militia members armed with M-16s. A militia member told my dear friend, UU Rev. Jean Pupke, We're here to keep those chuckleheads up there, pointing to the people in Nazi regalia, from the ones down here. The ones down here were clergy members representing multiple denominations and praying. The police did not intervene to keep any of the groups from getting near one another. The clergy weren't nice. They didn't politely listen to the hateful rhetoric of the neo-Nazis or pretend like the alt-right had a valid viewpoint. They prayed and they sang and they just darn well refused to go anywhere. Our president, Reverend Susan Frederick Gray, was there. Reverend Jean Pupke, Reverend Carton Elliott Smith, Reverend Tracy Blackman of the UCC, many, many others. And in the face of men with guns, they moved to block the entrance to the park where white supremacist rally was scheduled to begin. Men holding Nazi flags and shouting Heil pushed their way through them. And they did not move aside. They were not nice. One person died that day in Charlottesville. Another 25 were hurt. 
when a young white male terrorist rammed the peaceful march with his car at 40 miles an hour. One of those hurt was a youth from the local church. The difference between kindness and niceness is that niceness is only concerned about the things that appear pleasant in the moment. It has no thought for the future and tells us to ignore the unpleasant and the graceless, to ignore anything that might cause conflict. There's an old saying some of you may have heard, go along to get along. Remember that one? In other words, shut up and be nice. We can't afford to always be nice. We can't afford to go along to get along. We cannot be nice and listen politely when evil is speaking. We can be nonviolent and direct, but not nice. We can't be nice and politely look away when hatred takes off its mask and walks in the streets barefaced. We can't be nice when Nazi flags are being flown openly. Men holding M-16s flag down our citizens. We can't be nice in 2023 when men yelling Sieg Heil are still standing with people holding Confederate flags. We can't be nice when Nazis surround clergy members of all faiths and threaten to torch them. We can't be nice in a world where women's reproductive rights are being threatened and destroyed, where LGBTQ marriage is again threatened, where books are being banned, where teachers are forbidden to teach, where drag queens are illegal, but M16s are not, where the word gay is banned, and where drag queens reading books to babies are seen as more dangerous than the guns shooting those same children. We can't be nice. There is a love holding all that I love, and that love is human kindness. That love is woven through with a kindness that says, I care enough not to be nice. I care enough to replace politeness with bold and loving action wherever possible. I care enough to be kind to my fellow humans. I care enough to speak up, to be responsible in my search for truth and meaning. I care about the worth and dignity of human beings, about the web of which I am a part. I care enough to refuse to pretend that evil is a valid point of view. Make no mistake, you have to speak up. Because the white separatists, the neo-Nazis, they're not just them and they. They're our neighbors and our friends. They're people we know. They're people we're related to. They aren't all poor or undereducated. These are white people wearing Sperry topsiders polos they come from great families and I know this because James Fields the young man who rammed those people with that car he comes from a nice family his mom Sam Bloom went to high school with me she's a nice person she's disabled she's in a wheelchair she's a wonderful nice person and yet 
We can have an impact if we stop being nice and if we do it all together. Democrat, Republican, Green Party, Independent. We can be kind together. We can refuse to simply be nice. When a family member or friend or coworker is racist or nationalist, don't be nice. When white supremacy rears its horrible head, don't be nice. When you are shown what hatred looks like, believe the person telling you that they hate. Believe them. When someone tells you who they are, believe them and be kind, but do not be nice. Organize voters. Be kind. Work for racial justice if you can. Be kind. Fight for equality. Be kind. Refuse to accept hatred as a valid point of view. Because to paraphrase Pastor Niemöller, if we continue to be nice when they come for us, there won't be anyone left to be kind. You are needed. Even if it's just to say to your neighbor, that wasn't very kind and I don't agree with you. It can be that simple. It can be as simple as saying to your auntie, your uncle, your grandchild, I love you and I don't agree with you. That has not been my experience. Maybe that's all it'll take. So please, won't you be kind and the hell with being nice? Amen.